0: If you are interested in nutrition and wellness and fueling your body with all of the right things, this episode is going to be for you. Because I am too, and what I learned from our interview today truly blew my mind. Let me tell you why. There's something that all of us are doing, probably each and every day, in our kitchen, and it has to do with cooking and consuming those essential oils that our bodies need omega-3s and omega-6s, but it's likely that many of us are doing it in a way that is toxic and harmful to our bodies. You're not going to want to miss this conversation with Udo Erasmus, who is a World War II refugee, years later suffered from pesticide poisoning, and is now world-renowned speaker, author, expert on this topic of the healthy fats and harmful fats that we are putting into our bodies. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I am so excited to meet virtually for the first time and introduce all of you to udo erasmus um you are in vancouver where the weather is a lot different than it is here in sunny south florida right now but i am i mean you have a a long resume and bio that i'm excited to to dive into more learn more about but first let me just say welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me on
0: thank you thank you now i'd love to hear from you because i know a little bit more about like the different people you you know, spoke on stages with and your book, Fast That Heal and Fast That Kill um, and just all of your experience. But I'd love to hear a little bit more from you about your story and, you know, kind of bring us up to, to speed to today.
1: Yeah, you got 80 years. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Eight- <laughs> 80 years and 80 seconds now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's good. Uh, well, I came uh, out of Europe. In uh, I was born in 1942 in Poland, which was then part of Germany. And that's a whole political thing that happened between Stalin and Hitler. Mm. And uh, my parents came from Latvia and Estonia, and they left because Latvia went to the Soviet Union. They just took it. Like there was nobody from Latvia at the meeting between Hitler and Stalin, but uh, Stalin got Latvia. And they, they signed a non-aggression pact and uh, Hitler got part of Poland. So my father lost his farm in Latvia because the the Soviets took, you know, the, the state took everything, right? Because everything belonged to the state. Mm. So he didn't like that. So he went and was given a farm from a Polish farmer. So. They had taken that away from the Polish farmer and given it to my dad. And then the Polish farmer was his farmhand on his own farm. So they had to sort that out. They said, yeah, well, this this is a crazy time. Mm-hmm. Let's just run the farm the way a farm needs to be run. And then, we'll wow. it, and then we'll sort it out. And they became actually really became good friends. And then the farmer, of course, then we, we were refugees. I was a refugee kid when I was two and a half years old. The communists were chasing us in tanks and trucks. We were on dirt roads in horse-drawn hay wagons, mostly mothers with young children. And the allies, the good guys, you know, the, the part that were, you know, they were using us as target practice, shooting at us from planes. So my mother had to get off the road because there were dead horses and dead people in the ditches from, from those attacks. So she went through the fields in winter, through the snow. She had six kids with her, had to leave four behind and um, yeah. and, and then took off through the fields. And eventually, my mother's sister found out, my aunt found out, and she came and got us, and uh, we were united with the family. It was pretty intense. I was very shy when I was a kid, very withdrawn, very inward, because I didn't know what I could trust. Uh, I never felt safe, even though after the war, I was safe, but I didn't feel safe. And so mm-hmm. I, got, I got into books and I was reading all the time because books are safe. You know, you can read about a war in a book and there's no bullets flying. Mm. You know, so, and then when it came to studying, I wanted to understand how things work. Because when you understand how things work, you get a predictability so that you can rely on it. So I got into science to understand how things work. And then I got into biological sciences, how creatures work and then i got into psychology how thinking works and mm-hmm. then i got into medicine how health works but they only taught about disease so i went back into biological sciences because that's where you study health because you're studying normal functioning of normal creatures in normal environments although nobody calls it health so and mm-hmm. then and then i got out and got married and my marriage fell apart and uh, i wanted to kill something so i took a job as a pesticide sprayer And after three years of being really careless, I got poisoned by the pesticides I sprayed.
0: What?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a predictable outcome, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then I went to the doctor and said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? And she said, nothing. And that day, the penny really dropped for me that health is my responsibility. I mean, I kind of knew it, but, uh, Mm. you know, I, I wasn't really acting on it. And so then in the course of trying to figure out how to heal myself, I got into all the research on health and nutrition, disease and nutrition, and got stuck in, in the area of fats because there was so much contradiction in that area. I mean, I read one study that said omega-6s are essential which means you have to have them to live and be healthy and you can't make them from anything and you have to bring them in from outside. So you deliberately have to bring them in. And the next study I read said, Omega six is give you cancer and kill you. And I'm mm. going, what, I'm going, what, how's that possible? It's, I have to have it for health and then I get cancer and it kills me. And that, right. and that contradiction was driving me crazy. And it, it made me look deeper into how oils are made and how much damage is made is done to oils by processing. And, uh, and then I decided I can't get healthy on oils that are damaged like this, we should make oils with health in mind. And then I developed a method for doing that. You have to protect them from light, from oxygen and from heat, because they're the most sensitive of all of our nutrients. They need the most care and we actually give them the least care. So I developed mm-hmm. a method for making oils with health in mind. And then out of that came flaxseed oil. And then I developed a blend that is better balanced than flaxseed oil. And that's kind of like I've been doing that, working with that for over 40 years now.
0: This is an incredible story. And I don't even really know where to start. And you explained it all so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wh- okay. So you really diving into this science um, sounds like it came from you getting that pesticide poisoning is that right
1: the the fat story came from that yeah the other work i do okay. came came from the war experience but that's a from whole the other war story war experience yeah
0: why did your mom have to leave four of the six kids behind and were you one of the four that she left behind
1: i was one of the four that was left behind the reason she had to do that is when you go through the fields in the snow and you have six kids, but only two hands. What do you do? They were they were all six years and, and younger, so it, it's not they weren't like teenagers who could tromp along. Right. right? So she had wow. to do something, and I and I put yourself in her position of what it would take to have to make a decision like
0: that. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow. And are you still in touch with your your siblings today? Oh yeah.
1: Oh sure. Yeah yeah. Yeah uh, yeah we got we got reunited and uh then we we uh, it took us uh, till I was 10 years old to, uh, to leave germany and come to canada
0: Okay that was going to be my question um how long you were um basically in a war zone
1: Uh well the whole war because it was war zone okay. during the war so 42 to 45, 45 winter of 45 is when we when we fled out of there yeah. And so, and then after the war, of course, you know, Germany got bombed, all the cities got bombed the whole place was a complete mess and the people were completely messed up in their heads too, because mm. they got, they got involved in this crazy thing, you know, and then like when you, when you, when it's over and then you stop and you think it was a, what the hell was I thinking, you know, what the hell did I get part of? You know, so they, so they were, they were pretty shell shocked and they were really angry all the time and they had, Arguments about the most trivial things, and one of my uh, when I was six, and I listened to one of those arguments, and they always made me really uneasy. I thought, you know, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And this little cocky mm. voice in my head came out and said, "I'm going to find out how." You know, being six years old and not knowing how complicated everything is, I'm going to find out right. how people how people can live in harmony. And so that's my other my other mission in life is is that
0: but then as you grew up to like to me i'm hearing that and and people being angry and getting in fights over trivial things it's it's like well i understand i understand why the tensions would be that high right uh, of just everything that was experienced and really it sounds like you going through this at such a young age i mean regardless of the age but still at such a young age it really shaped your your personality at the time as far as being withdrawn and.
1: Uh, For sure. But I look back at it now and say, what a gift, because it showed Mm -hmm. me so early how bad it can get when we don't practice peace when we can. That made me that made me really interested in practicing peace. And what does that take? So so it it brought it, you know, that crazy experience that no kid should have to go through. Primed me for a life of purpose, which is kind of cool. Right. But mm. it it didn't seem like it didn't seem like a life of purpose at the time. It just seems like it, it primed me for that. I, I finally, as an adult, sort of sorted that out, sorted that out.
0: It really shapes just a, a new perspective and, and what you appreciate. And it, as you were saying that, I'm thinking of like present day with, you know, what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and like the kids that are involved in that.
1: Yeah, you, we're, we're working on uh, creating that gift for ourselves worldwide right now. It's not going to feel like a gift while we're going through it, but maybe right. some good things will come out of it. See, because if, if, if the in Europe, the First World War ended in 1918, the Second World War started in 1939. So they had 21 years. If they had practiced peace in those 21 years, there would not have been a Second World War. Right. But they didn't. And we tend to be sloppy about it and we tend to drift. And when we have time to deliberately create something better, we just horse around and we just screw Mm -hmm. around. And then and then, you know, it isn't until we hit bottom that we say, gee, I think we need to make some better, some different effort here. Right. Human beings are kind of stupid that way.
0: (laughs) Right. Like why? It doesn't have to take us hitting rock bottom.
1: No, because you could do it out of wisdom, not out of fear.
0: So let's fast forward back to the pesticide poisoning. You're reading these contradictory reports. Um, Walk me through. um, Well, one, help me understand what pesticide poisoning, like what that felt like and how you knew you had been poisoned by the pesticides.
1: Well, how I knew it, I was spraying them and we weren't allowed to clean up in the place where we sprayed and I licked some off my fingers. I'm sure there was some on my fingers when I was eating my sandwich. And what I ended up with is uh, nausea, dizziness, cramps, and my energy was through (laughs) through the floor. (laughs) No energy. I was 38 years old. If I walked around a city block, I had to sit and rest. I was thirty-eight years old, right? Like a like a like an old 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 guy, right? Right. And then if, and they and the one symptom that was really strange is if I turned my head, it felt like I turned my head, but my brain didn't turn. Now obviously that that's that's not true because your brain turns with your head, but that's mm-hmm. what it felt. That's what it felt like. It was a really strange symptom. Pesticides are used to kill things. They do it in two ways. One is to poison the brain, and the other one is to poison respiration, you know, uh, getting oxygen, uh, and either one will kill you. But, uh, that's why the low energy, you don't get oxygen because oxygen is required to make energy
0: in your body. Hmm. So you started looking into fats as a way to heal yourself. Is that,
1: yeah, <clears throat> well, I was okay. looking at, ev- I was looking at everything that had to do with health and nutrition, disease and nutrition. The idea is this, your body's made out of food plus water, plus air. And if something goes wrong, then if you raise your standard of intake of food, water and air, then within one year, you will have rebuilt 98% of your body to a higher standard because your body is always turning over. And it's it's about 90% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced every year. You don't even notice. But your body is just a major construction site all the time. So you raise mm-hmm. the standard, you build a better body, right? If you want to, if you want to get sick, then just lower your standard, and and you'll start to fall apart.
0: Those cells are always replenishing, right? And it's like, how are you fe- feeding them and fueling them?
1: Yeah, yeah. So because there's 42 essential nutrients, you don't, your intake is not adequate. You don't know. You don't get enough of it. Then you can't stay healthy. Your health deteriorates. You fall apart. You get degenerative conditions, they get worse with time. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. These are 42 essential building blocks for body construction and function. And you got to have them all in optimum quantities if you want optimum health. So it's like, it's, you, it's a science. You, you don't hear this in medicine, but it's actually quite scientific. It's, you know, we know what they are. The research mm-hmm. is there on it. So I was looking at everything, minerals, vitamins. You know, 18 minerals, 13 vitamins, 90 essential amino acids from proteins and essential fatty acids. And uh, I got stuck on the fats because everything was pretty simple and the fats were so complicated. And, Mm. and, and when I couldn't resolve this contradiction about Omega six is essential and Omega six gives you cancer and kills you. I looked at the processing and found out. That when oils are made, they're treated with corrosive base called sodium hydroxide. Uh, uh, sorry, so, yeah, sodium hydroxide. Then with a corrosive acid called phosphoric acid. Then they're bleached with bleaching clays. That makes them rancid, and then they smell bad. And then to blow off the rancid molecules, they have to heat the oil to frying temperature. It's called deodorization or molecular distillation. And then you end up with a colorless, odorless, tasteless oil. Then they stick it in a plastic bottle. There are pesticides in that oil. The plastic leaches into the oil and you have about half to 1% of the molecules are damaged. So So then I called them and said, why do you do that when it does damage? And they told me, well, we do that because we can get rid of half of the pesticides. And I asked him, why don't you start with organically grown seeds? Then you don't have any pesticides to worry about. And he got mad at me because I guess he nobody had ever asked him that question. And he said, you know, I don't know what your problem is. He said, like he was yelling at me, I don't know what your problem is. The oil is 99% good. It's only 1% damaged. And if you got 90% on an exam, you'd be damn happy, wouldn't you? But I used to get a hundred percent in my genetics exam (laughs) because I was really good at it, because I loved the topic. So then I thought, well, maybe I'm overreacting. It's only one percent. So then I decided, okay, let me do the math. How many molecules, how many damaged molecules would you get in a tablespoon of oil that is one percent damaged? Give me give me a guess
0: oh no don't do this to me yeah
1: yeah yeah. it's okay you'll be completely wrong but there's a point for doing it
0: okay ask me ask me one more time
1: okay how many how many damaged molecules will you find in a tablespoon of an oil that is one percent damaged by the processing
0: (laughs) this is so hard don't do this to me okay a hundred a hundred
1: okay a (laughs) hundred Now let me. Would it, would you like to? Of course, you don't know that because you don't know what the size of molecules are. And, exactly. <clears throat> so unless you're you're steeped in the topic, it's hard to guess. <clears throat> but here's here's why it's important. The actual number is not a hundred; it's sixty quintillion.
0: Oh gosh!
1: What the hell <laughs> is quintillion? It's a six <laughs> followed by nineteen zeros. So you gave me two. So you were 17 zeros short. So so then I say to people, "Okay, look, you're going to get on a plane. You're going to fly home for the holidays. And somebody at the airport, before you get on the plane, tells you that your chance of crashing and dying on that flight are a quintillion times higher than you thought it was. Would you you get on the airplane? Mm -mm. Maybe not, right? But here's what we're doing we're taking oils we're using oils everybody uses oils and we underestimate the damage that we're taking in by a million a billion a trillion or even a quadrillion quintillion times so is that enough is that enough to make you rethink using oils and the way you 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 the way you you use the oils and what kind of oils you buy, right? And then the point was they're the most sensitive of all the nutrients. They need the most care. We fry them. We treat them with the least care. So when you fry them, you, you have to triple or quadruple, or maybe even six times the number of damaged molecules, because they're damaged in the frying pan when you turn oil into smoke, right? Plus you have pesticides Mm -hmm. in, in the oil, plus you have plastic in the oil. And I, I, I said to myself, I can't get healthy on oils like this. We should make them with health in mind because they're made with shelf life in mind. We should make them with mm. health in mind. And so then I developed a method for doing that where the oil, you start with organically grown seeds that takes care of the pesticide problem. They are protected from damage done by light, oxygen, and heat while they're being pressed, filtered, settled, and filled. We put them in glass bottles. You put a box around the bottle to cut the light out and they're nitrogen flushed and they're stored in the refrigerator. So there's in the refrigerator at the factory, they're shipped refrigerated if they're in transit more than two weeks, like when they go to Asia and Europe, The, the stores keep them in the fridge. When you buy them, you put them in the fridge and you never use those oils for frying. But what you do is you add the oil to the food after it comes off the heat source. And if you're you're smart about health, you will stop frying and go back to cooking foods in water if you're cooking. Mm. Because nature's mandate for every creature that eats is fresh, whole, raw, organic, and for human beings, mostly plant-based. That's nature's standard for health. Every step you take away from that will cost you something in health at some point down the road. So from wherever you are in your food habits, Mm -hmm. you should take step. If you want to be healthier, if you want to raise the standard and build a better body, then you need to take steps in the direction towards fresh, whole, raw, organic.
0: Locally grown, seasonal, plant-based. Yes.
1: Yeah. And you, and you will get something back. This is, I, I did that. I didn't start eating the way I do now. I eat mostly plant-based whole, uh, um, mostly raw. I didn't always do that, but it works really well. And I'm going to be 81 and I'm pretty, in pretty good shape for an old guy. I had arthritis at the beginnings of arthritis when I was 38. Now I'm 80. I have no pain in any of my joints. Zero. Except when I bang into something, which, of course, we we still do that, right?
0: Of course. Yeah. The whole reason, actually, that I started this podcast is because I was starting to have autoimmune issues about five years ago. And um, it, that was a scary situation for me. Um, and, of course, traditional medicine, what do they do? Give you steroids. That just makes you, at least for me, made me feel ten times worse. So I started looking into my own research and actually for i i certainly it was one day it was overnight i threw away all of the the meat in my house and i actually went totally um raw plant-based for six months and other other than some okay beans lentils and things like that um because it was quite a a drastic change from one day to the next so but i would say 75 percent of everything i ate was raw um raw vegetables. So, I mean, I have not been able to keep up with an entirely raw diet. I do eat mainly plant-based, but I still think about that six month period in my life and the way that my skin transformed, like the way that I felt my mental clarity, like there were, I mean, again, right? Like you don't just heal one thing without healing all the other things. So it was just like a total body transfer. And then my mom did it with me, too, who also has arthritis. And she started noticing less pain and discomfort in her hands as well. So um, I, I so appreciate that you shared that. And although I am learning so much about cooking with the oils and why you shouldn't do that. So if you can expand on that a little bit more as far as what happens to them when we cook with them um, and, and the importance of going back to cooking our food in water.
1: So um, so when you cook with oils, you heat them to, to a high temperature. And you know that if you cook keep them in the frying pan long enough, they turn into smoke, right? Yes. So you know you're changing oil into smoke. And you mm-hmm. know that smoke is toxic.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: So as you heat the oil... Light, oxygen, and heat react with the molecules. Light produces free radicals and they then have chain reactions and they wreck other molecules. Oxygen causes rancidity and heat will twist the molecules or break the molecules. There's about 10, 15, 20 different kinds of ways you can damage molecules, uh, uh, oil molecules. And many of those are toxic because they never existed in nature. So your body never made a way to break them down easily. So they pile up. If you put them in faster, then your body can can get get them out. Then they're going to pile up and everywhere they go, they're going to interfere with something because they occupy space that is supposed to be occupied by a natural molecule. So where that damaged molecule is, what's supposed to go on in that space will be inhibited. And that's where your problems come from, eventually, you know, if, you, if it's only one molecule in your body of 60 trillion cells, you're not going to notice it. But if you right. do it, you know, what we do is we don't use one tablespoon, we use two to four a day. Right. We fry it, you have to multiply that number, that, that number we talked about, 60 quintillion, by another three to six times. You have to remember there's pesticides in there, they in, inhibit your life. Then then there's plastic in there. Plastic also creates problems when it gets in the body. And then you do that for five years or 10 years or 15 years or 30 years. And then you get, maybe you get cancer and you say, I don't know. I don't know why I got cancer. I always ate good because nobody ever told you all the damage that comes from the way we treat the oils. And so I took that on because that was the area that, that needed the most attention.
0: Mm, and it, yeah.
1: and, it, and it's fair to say more health problems come from damaged oil than any other part of nutrition. And more health benefits will come from making the oil change that your body needs from getting the dirty oils out and bringing, bringing healthy oils, bringing uh, oils made with health in mind in. And so I developed that method for doing that. And then the, when I was doing it, Omega three was established as an essential nutrient that only happened in 1981. I was poisoned in 1980 and I thought, Oh my God. And they've found out 99% of the population doesn't get enough Omega three for optimum health. They are five times more sensitive to damage than the Omega sixes. So they're a nightmare to work with and every cell in the body needs them as well as the Omega sixes in order to function properly. And I thought, Oh my God, if we could build a way to make oils with health in mind, and I was already thinking about that, and we could bring back the omega-3s that are too low. Oh my God, we could help almost everybody. And so I got really excited. And then that whole thing ran on enthusiasm. I had no business background. I had good good biochemistry and, and uh, <clears throat> bio- biological science background. So I understood the molecules and we made standards and we set you know, priorities and we, we developed uh, flow systems <clears throat> and uh, and, the, and because I got there's something that feels really good about helping, you know, it feels yeah. good here, right? It feels good here, right? There's just something about it. If you, when you can help, yeah, it feels good. Help an old lady across the street or carry somebody's, you know, whatever, whatever it is, that feels really good. And I would say, oh my God, we could help almost everybody. It was like, I felt, oh my God, I have found a mission. I have found a purpose for my life. I never had really like a clear identification for a purpose. I thought about it, but it's like, I don't know. Uh." I quit university because I didn't see the purpose that, that, what purpose I could get out of that, but then when this happened and then, oh my God. And so then we developed flaxseed oil in 1986 started going around and and, uh, we did a tour in a van without air conditioning through the US in the hottest months, July, August, and half of September, half of June. I went uh, 101 days, 85 cities in 35 states, 17,000 miles by road. I slept on the floor of the van, no air conditioning. We would go into a Marriott and clean up every three days when we just got all sticky and sweaty and just walked in like we own it and went to the place where the workouts (laughs) and the showers are. And I washed our clothes in the showers and wrung them out and then went back in the van and worked all day, drove all night, you know, and it never felt like work because we were so inspired. Oh my God, we could help so many people. And Mm -hmm. I don't remember people ask me, well, where, what were your obstacles? You know, I don't remember the obstacles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like, at one point, the the FDA closed the border from Canada to US for flax oil, uh, so we mm. had to we had to move into the US to to make it there. I don't remember that being an obstacle. We just we just did, did what we had to do because the mission the was way. because the mission was really clear.
0: So you're telling me about this tour, 101 days, and all the cities you went to, um, the new information that you now have and want to share and how you want to heal and help other people. But tell me about the business that this has turned into for you and what you do now.
1: Oh, uh, well, yeah, There, there's several issues there. Uh, the business, the, the flax oil business is now a, a billion dollar a year industry at wholesale. And that's because uh, what happened, we made, we, we made flax oil and it became a buzzword because we were excited, every people got excited and everybody wanted to work with us. And we wouldn't work with everybody because we said, this has to be refrigerated. If you don't have refrigeration in your storage place, uh, get it or we're not working with you. And so we made, we set the rules for it. So we made other people change the way they do what they do because they, we were not going to do, we were not going to compromise on the standards. And it was fun to do that, you know. Although, because just simply because we're trying to help people, and if we slop up if we slop up on the standards, then we're going to end up with a product that isn't as good, exactly. and then it's not going to get the re- yeah. results. And then it was, then what the hell's the point of all this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and so, and so, and then it just carried itself. And people, because so many people have omega three deficiencies or they don't get enough, that affects every cell in the body. So a Mm -hmm. lot of people noticed when they started to take our oils that they got benefit in their symptoms. One of them was inflammation. Omega-3s are super good at dealing with inflammation and inflammation Mm -hmm. is behind just about everything that goes wrong in the body. Mm -hmm. And and so because flax oil has a lot of omega-3 in it, people got results pretty quick their skin became nicer. Their energy went up. We, we work with athletes, 40 to 60% increase in stamina if they do their sport to exhaustion within 30 days of starting. But we did that with a blend, which I'll get to in a second. So omega-3s, uh, they increase oxygen metabolism. They increase energy levels. They increase, they speed uh, healing. I mean, it just, the list goes on and on and on. They keep bones strong. You build muscle faster. You hang on to muscles longer when you don't exercise. I mean, it just goes on and on. They make hair and nail grow 25% faster. And you don't get the split ends in your, in your hair, and you don't get the cracking nails. Like, mm-hmm. omega-3s do so many things. They, they improve vision. They can increase IQ by three to nine points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're really important in lung function. And they actually inhibit the cytokine storms that can cause lung problems. And then the body turns them into hormones, hormone-like regulatory substances in every cell that regulate activity in every cell in the body. They turn mm-hmm. into anti-inflammatories. They turn into antioxidants. They turn into feel-good molecules. So they elevate mood and lift depression. They uh, they are super important in pregnancy because when a woman is pregnant, she has to maintain her brain. Our brain is 60% fat if you take the water out of it. So she has to maintain her brain, but she has to build a a whole other new brain in her body. And if she doesn't have enough omega-3s in her diet, then the child will get omega-3s from her brain because nature says mom's the past, child's the future. If we have to sacrifice, will sacrifice the mother for the sake of the child because the child's the future. And so what, then what happens is women get um, depleted by each child. They get more depleted by each child. Each child gets less than the previous child. That affects their IQ. So the oldest ch- children on average have the highest IQ and the um. last children, the lowest. There are other factors, so it's not, not strictly that way. I'm I'm one of the younger children, and I'm actually smarter than my brothers and sisters, but they're not here to defend themselves, so I can say <laughs> that with with impunity, right? But uh, but, but um, uh, the other thing is that women uh, get de- more depleted by each child, and then they researchers say that the depletion of essential fatty acid or omega threes, especially during childbearing years sets women up to get two to 15 times more depression, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, collagen, inflammatory and autoimmune diseases than men do. And so they say women need to make sure that they have a reliable source of both essential fatty acids in their diet. And I add to that, and they need to be made with health in mind, both for their own health and the health of their children.
0: Absolutely. So I want to go back to the name of your book, which is Fats That Heal and Fats That Kill. Can you break down for us and forgive me if we've already covered it in this conversation, but I just wanted to make it super clear. What are the fats that heal and yeah, then the fats, fats that, he- that kill?
1: Okay. Of all the fats, everything we talk about keto and coconut and corn oil and you know all the things we talk about. There's only two things you do need from fats, omega-3 and omega-6 essential fatty acids. Everything else your body can make from something else. Those two have to come in from outside because your body can't make them out of anything else. Um, so so that's, what, that's the fats that heal. Now you need to get the ratio right and you, you need to get them in the right quantities. They need to be organic they need to not be damaged by the processing and we made a blend we call it udos oil uh, that is a blend that's better than flax because flax can make you omega-6 deficient i became omega-6 deficient on flax oil Mm -hmm. i got dry eyes skipped heartbeats arthritis like pain in my finger joints and thin papery skin Those are classic omega-6 deficiency symptoms. I fixed it by eating more omega-6s from sunflower seeds because they don't have any omega-3s and then we decided we need to balance the oil better because I wanted to make people healthy and if they can get, actually get problems from the oil, from flax oil, then we better make a blend where that's taken care of. So that's Mm -hmm. why we made the blend also because people said, is there one thing I can do that gets me everything good from fats and nothing bad? that's where I send them. So, so we created the blend that's called Udo soil. You find that in the same place where the flax oil is and um, uh, oh yeah. And the fats that kill Mm -hmm. basically number one, the fried oils or fried fats or the foods you fry because you burn them so that (laughs) those are toxic, that's toxic, right? Whether it's starch or protein or fats that you overheat, all three of them increase inflammation and the risk of cancer independent of each other.
0: So give me some example of fried oils.
1: Fried oils? Well, mm-hmm. you, you fry a steak in oil.
0: Okay. But any, any kind of oil? Yeah, because... you fry. Okay. So even if you take like, a, for instance, I love to go to, let's say I go to my Whole Foods, I get the avocado oil. And I cook that over my veggies over the stove and smoke comes up. That is a fried oil. Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. And and avocado oil, by the way, there are no standards. You don't actually know what you're getting. They could be all from rotten avocados. You don't know. They probably do that because they you can do chemistry and get stuff out of junk. And so eat the avocados, forget the oil. And mm-hmm. cook, cook in water or eat raw mm-hmm. right? and add oil. You add oil after because oils enhance flavors and they improve the absorption of the oil soluble, nutri- soluble nutrients. Many of those are really good for health. So you Got don't it. fry. So frying is out. Uh, what I tell people, go get your frying pan, bring it out, turn it upside down, hit yourself upside <laughs> the head with it. So it's associated with pain and throw it out. Frying is the stupidest thing we have ever invented to do to our food in the 200,000 years or however long we've been on this planet.
0: Why does every, I won't say everyone, but I mean, restaurants, people at home, it seems like this hasn't been discussed. Like everyone does this.
1: I've been talking about it for 40 years, (laughs) but no, not not a lot of people (laughs) are listening. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of people are listening. One reason we do it, it's quicker. Right. You have, you have more heat, you get the cooking done quicker, but you also burn it. And that's a problem with, with, with water, you don't burn it. If you, if you keep stirring it and it doesn't stick to the bottom, then it won't burn. Right. So they, I think from our perspective, it's convenience from the perspective of the India, of the industry. When I was a kid, most of our foods were cooked in water and Mm. we called that, and we called that cooking and what we called using oil in food preparation, frying or deep frying. Now, when you say cooking, most people mean frying. So the word has changed in its meaning, but we used to cook in water and the industry only started in about 1900. So it's only 123 years old. Mm. When it started, everybody was using water for cooking. And the industry, from the industry point of view, they said, basically, Oh, my God, we could make so much money if we could get people to use oil instead of water. So they they put it out. It's more convenient. It's faster. It makes foods taste better, whatever they said in their advertising and then change the habit by their advertising to make it. And the convenience, I think, is what carried it because women are busy and women did most of the cooking most of the time. Right. right? And get to have (laughs) something that saved her time was right. very attractive.
0: Right. Now, quick question. When you say the industry is 123 years old, what do you mean by the industry?
1: The oil industry, the, the, the mega oil, oil industry. making industry, yeah. Their headquarters are in uh, in uh, Champaign, Illinois. It's called the American Oil Chemist Society. That's the umbrella organization. <clears throat> and there are, different, there are different producers, but they all produce oil with the same machinery and the same methods.
0: Mm. And the machinery okay.
1: doesn't produce doesn't protect the oil from, uh, from light oxygen and heat. That's why it gets damaged in the, in the production, even by the industry, because they're mm-hmm. looking at shelf life and big markets instead of health for the individual.
0: I always like to ask um, a health tip, something that you implement in your daily life that helps you feel your best, show up as your best self. Each day, And it doesn't have to be what we talked about today, but I just want to ask an actionable tip that you could offer to the to the audience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, when I was in bed today, before I get up, I always do a stillness practice. You know, you know what a stillness practice is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You, you, you try to find the quiet in you. <clears throat> so our thinking is very fast. So if your thinking is too fast and a lot of people are, are struggling with that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Whether you call it anxiety or you call it overwhelm or you call it depression, you know, in depression people are crazy thinking too. So thinking is very fast. Breathing is calmer. So, in, so if you just take a minute or five minutes and you just go quietly, slowly, gently, that's calming. But Mm -hmm. if you want to go that's if you want to go a step further, the calmest thing in your entire world is your being. Your being is all encompassing peace, calmness, contentment. And if you can get from your breath your being so you get from your head to your breath from your breath to your being you can bring peace into your life if you practice that a little you can bring peace into your life whenever you want to which is when your drives of when your thoughts are driving you crazy and you notice that's when you want peace right Mm. you can do that you can do that at will. it takes a little bit of practice to get good at it I do it every day I live a, I live a crazy life and it's, you know, and if working hard is important and playing hard is important, then taking time to do nothing hard is also important. Mm -hmm.
0: Udo, I do want to ask you before you go, how can people connect with you, learn more about you, whether it's the book, anything else that we need to know, let us know and we'll put all those links below in the show notes.
1: Yeah. uh, uh, The website is Udo's choice, U-D-O-S choice And I have another website for the more philosophical stuff that I'm involved in, and that's the Udo, T-H-E-U-D-O dot And that's a work in progress. There's some good stuff on it and some stuff that's not so good yet. But we're working <laughs> on both of those because health, if you go to total health, it's not just food and fitness, but also awareness and also unconditional love, which is what life is for your body and uh, also survival smarts and also social group and also natural environment and also big picture. All of those play a role in health and they all play different roles. So that's what I'm working on uh, on the other side.
0: This is beautiful, amazing. I've so enjoyed our conversation. Before you go, is there any final closing thoughts you wanted to add?
1: Yeah, your life is short. Do what you have to do to be fully present in it and enjoy it because it's an incredible gift you you're just made out of dust water air and sunlight and you get to have the human experience that's that's a that's amazing
0: how beautiful is that
1: awesome gift
0: love it thank you so much udo it's been a pleasure
1: all right thank you
0: udo said one thing in this interview that really stood out to me health is my responsibility I love that he said that, that was a fantastic reminder, especially after everything I just learned during this interview, I'm sure you did too. So now it is our responsibility to take that information and make the appropriate changes we need to make in our lives. So. Thank you to Udo for educating me, educating all of us, some really, really fantastic information, also sharing such an incredible story and life and journey that you've really gone through. So make sure you go below, check out all of Udo's links, website, all of that is linked below in the show notes, as well as there's going to be a link there where you can get access to some more information that he has on one of his courses. Happy to share that with you. And hey. You know what I'm going to say? If you haven't connected with me, make sure you do that as well. I'm all the places you can find me on LinkedIn. That's where I'd love to connect with you. Instagram, I'm also on Facebook. And I'd also love it if you subscribe to this video podcast on YouTube. You know why? Because we come back with new episodes every other week and I'd hate for you to miss out. So until I see you back in two weeks, because I know I'll see you then, stay happy, stay healthy.